My name is Brent. I am uh, I'm from the West Haven campus, actually. I do about 10 hours a week. I work with the uh, students at the West Haven campus specifically, um, but then I kind of travel around sometimes when they need someone and able to come out here and talk to you guys about parenting today, so that's exciting. My real job, my real gig is I work at the family Christ, the YCC Family Crisis Center uh, in downtown Ogden, and so it is a domestic violence shelter, and so we take all kinds of um, people that have been in any kind of uh, violent relationship, people that are coming out of the sex trade, all those different kind of things, and so I see a lot, I do a lot at, that, at the shelter, but my main job there is I'm a prevention, prevention specialist, which basically means I go to all the schools in Weber County. County, so that's Ogden School District and uh, Weber School District, and I go in the health classes with the junior high and high school kids, and I talk about safe dating, healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships, things like that. So I love that part of my job, but I also do like a ton of parenting classes um, as far as at the YCC and also through the Weber Human Services. And so I love being out in the community. I love doing these things, and I love talking about parenting and ch kids and relationships and all that kind of stuff. And so. Today is our last, our last stop on talking about the Survival Guide to Parenting. And so this is our last one. I don't know if you guys have been to all three of them. I hope you've gotten a lot out of it if you're parents or even if you're not parents. You know, my wife and I, we've got a lot out of this even though our kids are grown. Um, I've been a parent for, man, over 20 years. These are my kids. And so that's my daughter, Mackenzie. She is... Actually, you can see that. This is funny. My wife made them take a first, like, first day of school picture, even though they're going to college. So, um, my my daughter is 18. She's going to Weber State nursing. My son is a junior at the U of U. We just he moved home, and then he or he moved out of home like two years ago, and then he moved back home because of the whole pandemic thing. And now he just moved out again. So now he's living in Salt Lake, and so he's 20 years old doing engineering up there. So if you're a single young adult here today. Bad news, my son's taken and my daughter's not allowed to date until she's 30, so that's a deal with them. So today, we are actually talking about principle number three, and if you've been here for the last three weeks, the first one was putting God first. And so when you put God first, that's basically saying, hey, this is, this is our priority in life, and it should shape every priority you have in life, especially your parenting, and is a great example to us to give to our kids to say this is how we put God first. And then the second one last week was talking about disciplining with love. And so if you are healthy disciplining your kids, you're giving them great resources, you're showing them that they're cared for, and even though it's hard, and even though it hurts sometimes, you and your kids, it is so important for our kids to know that you love them enough to discipline them. And so that's, that what this takes us to priority number three, or principle number three, Actually affirming our kids, and actually I think this is, really, this is really my favorite one. And honestly, I have to tell you this before we get started. I am not the perfect parent, um, like not even close. Um, my kids aren't perfect, my wife's not perfect. And when, we, when I teach parenting classes, I'm basically talking about the curriculum, because that stuff is good. And the rest of it, I'm just giving examples of how I messed up. <laughs> and so, so basically, like, I'll give you an example of this. When my kids were little, um, you know, toddlers or whatever, we used to do this game, and this was when mom wasn't home. We did this game, and we put pillowcases over their head. So the pillow was still in it, but the pillow would, like, be in their back, so they could almost kind of see through, like, you know, the the sheer of the pillow, and they'd run around and tackle each other. It was great. Um, 
one night, they put their pillowcases over their heads by themselves with their little feet sticking out, you know, like little mummies. And, but the pillow was in the front of their face. And they're running and bumping into each other. And I thought it was hysterical. And they're on the top of this, like, landing of my stairs. And my son just hits my daughter so hard, she just, like, rolls down the stairs. And it was fine. My wife came home. She's like, what happened? And I'm like, it's okay. They're laughed in pillows. You know, it's not a big deal. So my kids probably would have died if it wasn't for my wife, to be honest. Um, but my wife is not perfect, too. She, we got a phone call from my daughter once. My wife and I were out, and my, wife, my daughter was like, Mom, I couldn't find anything to drink, so I had to drink some mommy juice, but it was gross. We're like, mommy juice? What's mommy juice? And we get home, and she left like a half-drink wine cooler in our fridge that our daughter got a hold of. So, you know, we're definitely not perfect parents at all. Um, but we're learning. We're learning all these different things. And so... When we are, I hope that you guys know that God, is, God has been faithful in my life with, our, with us as parents and our kids. I hope you know that he's been faithful with you. Um, and at the same time, I hope you know that like through this whole series, that we're not like, this is not where like, if you don't do this, you're a failure of a parent because that's not true. Because we all make mistakes. These are just principles. You know, our heart for this is to give you important, helpful, practical principles. And today we're going to see some practical steps that we can do with our, with our kids. And even, and I hope you know this, if you're not parents in here, you know what? This speaks to all of us. This is principles that we can put in all our relationships with our lives, you know, in our lives, whether it's our neighbors, our friends, people that we work with, whatever. Um, and so these are all important, important principles that we can all share. And so just like discipline our kids, I feel like we have to put that same effort into praising our kids. So if we are thoughtful, consistent, you know, with our discipline, if we're intentional, we need to be thoughtful, consistent. We need to be intentional with the way that we praise our kids. That has to be the same effort that we have, if not more. And so this is the whole thing about affirmation. And you may never thought this is a big deal, but this is probably one of the biggest deals that we have to do with our kids. And so this is our first little principle here. It says, God the Father spoke publicly about the Son twice in the Gospel of Matthew. Both times it was to affirm him. And so this is a cool thing, is that God sets this example for us in the first place. And he does this by actually affirming Jesus, his Son. And so God is a God of affirmation, which is a really, really, really great thing. And so this first verse we're going to see, we're going to see that it's during John the Baptist or when Jesus is, John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus, and it says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. This great affirmation that God gave to Jesus. And then he does it a second time. And this is during the, transfer, the transfiguration, which is when Jesus would just took three of his disciples to a mountaintop and kind of showed them his glory. And God says this, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy Listen to him. And so here we have this God. God is this God of affirmation. He speaks words of affirmation to his son. And this highlights a few things. The first thing is that he didn't just say this to Jesus. He said this publicly so other people can hear. And I love that principle because we should be doing the same thing to our kids. You know how powerful it is for our kids not only to hear us praise them, but to hear us do it in front of other people. Because then they can say, wow, they're not just saying that just to, you know, get me to do things. They really, really mean it. And so publicly praising our kids. And then second, it says, let me go back. Second, it says, 
that we should be modeling this for our kids. If God is our standard, right? If we look at God of our standard, especially as a father, especially as we call him Father God, you know, the standard is to publicly affirm our kids, but also we should be modeling that same thing. And so this is a great example for us to do because our words have power, our words have meaning, and our words can be really, really good or they can be really, really bad, especially when we're talking to our family. And so we need to show love, acceptance, adoration, and approval to our kids. And so when we think about these three things, I'm going to give you three quick things real fast. The first one is we have to make sure that our kids know that they're accepted by us because that's what God did with Jesus. So our kids have to know that we're accepted by us. It's like this. It's like say your kid is like in sports or dance or something, right? When your kid makes a goal, when your kid makes a basket, when your kid finishes a dance routine or whatever your kids do, you probably as a parent are very proud and you want to stand up and be like, yeah, that's my kid, you know? I don't know if you've ever had that feeling before, but that's that feeling of just like, yeah, that is my kid. I have a friend, a youth pastor friend in California named Marco, and Marco tells a story that he played basketball in junior high, he wasn't very good, he didn't get to play much, but during one of the playoff games, a couple of the kids got hurt, a couple of the kids fouled out, so here he is in this big game, it's in overtime, like the clock is ticking down, they're like one point away from, you know, winning this game, they're like one point behind, and someone of his you know, teammates shoots a basket, it bounces off the rim, it's about ready to go out of bounds. Marco runs and he dives in the air, he grabs the ball, he throws it to a buddy. His teammate catches the ball and just at the last second shoots and scores and they win the game. And guess what happens? Everybody runs to the kid who made the basket. Everybody's excited for that kid, right? And here Marco is sitting out of bounds, like, but then he hears his dad. And his dad is just echoing with over all the noise. Way to go, Marco. Way to go, Marco. That's my kid. And Marco will never forget that affirmation from his dad. And that is a great example of like, you know what? We need to be like the one screaming to the world that we accept our kids. And so that's acceptance. Adoration. We need, or, or, or not adoration. We need to adore our kids. I guess that is adoration. We need to adore our kids. We need to like, you know, make them feel safe. We need to make them like, you know, like make them feel like so super, so super loved. I don't know if you guys remember when you first had a baby. When I first had my baby, I like put him in my arms and I like looked at him and I'm like, I never realized I can love a little baby as much as I do right now. Like, it just all of a sudden pours over you and hits you. And it's just like this amazing, it's like, I adore you, you know? And it's this whole adoration thing that we just adore, adore our kids. And so if I felt that way as a parent, if you felt that way as a parent, just think how much more God feels about you like that. Just think how much more God feels about your kids like that. It's this whole adoration thing. And the third thing is approval. Not only did God tell people that he accepted and adored Jesus, but he wanted he wanted the world and he wanted to know that like he's approved by him. He said, listen to him, do what he says, follow him. This is a clear indication that God adores Jesus. And if we're taking notes here of all the things that God did, think about this. Are you blessing your kids in this way? Are you being a blessing to them? Are you giving them these blessings? Are you adoring them? Are you daily showing them approval? Are you accepting them for who they are? Those things that we need for Jesus or for our kids that we get the example of what God did for Jesus. So he's accepted us. God, regardless of our sin or our past, God has still accepted us. God still adores us. 
God still praises us. God still loves all those things about us. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. All these things he showed us in a way that says, you are accepted by me. And not only are we accepted just in general, but we're accepted into God's family. It says, see how much, much our father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. And so God says, you are my child. You're not just some random person I created, but you are part of my family. And that is how much God has accepted us. And then he also didn't, accept, didn't just accept us, but he created us. It says, for you created my inmost being, you knit to me together my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so God formed us in your mother's womb. God, like, you know, he says we're fearfully, wonderfully made. Your kids in your womb or your wife's womb, you know, like they was like putting your eye color and your skin tone and your hair color together and your personality and your sense of humor or your lack of sense of humor. You know, God, God was giving you all those things, you know, and he created us the way he wanted us to create us. And he just like says, yes, boom, I approve. I accept you. I adore you because I created you. And those are things that we need to say, you know what? We need to remind our kids of that. Not only that we love them, that we adore them, that God loves them, and God adores them, and God accepts them, and all those different things. And that's how we, that's actually how we affirm our kids. And so I wish I could say that, you know, I have this kind of love for my kids all the time, you know? I wish I could say that, but I'm impatient, I'm stubborn, I can be mean sometimes to my kids when I get tired and grumpy and hungry and all those different things. But you know what? We need to really get over ourselves and get over that sometimes and realize that our kids are there for us, to, for us to be able, they need our affirmation. My son, both my kids do this. My son got in the car and for some reason did not open the garage door and just backed right into the garage door. And I went, and I looked at it, and I'm like, gosh, how can you be so forgetful? The door was shut, you know? How can you not know the door's shut? It's dark in here. All you have to do is push a button, you know? And I looked at the garage door, and I'm like, it's not that bad, I'll bend it back. A few months later, my daughter, out in front of the garage, decides to not back up, but go forward and hit the other side of my garage. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now it's ruined. Now I have to buy a new garage. What are you guys doing? You guys are killing me. You know, all these different things. And then my wife had to like, tap me on the shoulder and remind me that her and I both have backed out of that garage a little too close to the side and knocked our side view mirrors off. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so I had to go and actually apologize to my kids and be like, I'm sorry, totally okay. We all make mistakes. I still love you. It's not that big of a deal. And so we just, you know, I wish, I wish I could be more like God in this way. I wish I could just love my kids all the time unconditionally. But it, it can be a little cynical sometimes, too. You'd be like, you know what? Jesus was perfect. <laughs> like, you know, here you have God the Father, and here you have Jesus the perfect. Can you imagine being Mary? Can you imagine being Jesus' mom? Like, she probably never had to discipline him, like, at all. Can you imagine being Jesus' brother? James, why aren't you more like Jesus? You know, like, how many times did he probably hear that? And so, you know, like, we can say, like, you know, that's my, you don't know my kid. <laughs> you don't know my kids. It's not that hard. It's harder than that. But you know what? That's, that's okay. We're not perfect. Our kids aren't perfect either. Um, and that's all right. You know, my kids have little crooked halos, basically. You know, when they were young, they, like, fought all the time. And, you know, my son would poke, poke, poke at my daughter. My daughter would end up, her only defense was to bite him. And then they'd both come crying to me, you know, she bit me. And like, well, what did you do? You know? And so it's like that whole thing, you know, our kids aren't perfect, but that's okay we still need to affirm them. The truth is, is that it's important that we still work on affirming our kids. And so God said to do it. 
Our kids need it. Our kids need to hear it. We need to hear it. All those different things. Um, so if the perfect son of God received words of affirmation from his father, how much more do our imperfect kids need affirmation from their parents? So much, so much more. You know, Jesus didn't need to hear this affirmation. Like, he knew who he was. Like, he knew his identity, his mission. He knew that it was God and you in form, but God did it anyway, I think, to give us an example. So we're broken, we're sinful, we're imperfect people, we're all those different things. We need affirmation. We need all those different things. We need it from our spouse. We need to give it to our spouse, to our friends, and all these people. We just need to do it with everybody. So our kids need to know that we love them. They need to know that we accept them, that we adore them, that we approve of them for who they are. Our kids need to know that, and they need to know it from us. And they need to see what they, they need to know how God sees them too. That, that, God, that they have God-given qualities and traits and that they're unique and special and valued and they matter in this world. That's what our kids need to know. So the important thing is this affirmation is not just words. You know, we can tell our kids all day long how much we love and adore them, but we also need to show them how much we love and adore them. We need to show them in the way that we move and the things that we do. And so Ephesians says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So you guys that are dads out there, how many times have you gotten your kids angry? <laughs> like, how many times have you provoked your kids to anger? The Bible says don't do that. And in fact, look this up. Over 70% of fights that we have with our kids, mom and dads, are started by us. They're started by our parents, not by the kids. We start the fights. And so we do not need to provoke our kids to anger. Ephesians also says this, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So forgiveness and grace, just being kind to each other, like that's a huge deal in our house. I hope that's a big deal in your house. That is a big thing. And so, but when we're not perfect, we need to learn how to forgive. We need to ask forgiveness. We need to apologize. Some of the most powerful things that ever, powerful moments in our home growing up with our kids growing up is when we as parents said, you know what? We screwed up, we're sorry. Because what that does is it teaches our kids that it's okay for them to screw up. And this is giving them an example of how they can also apologize. And so that's an important thing. When my daughter, I have, when my daughter was 16, she had her own bathroom. It was a disaster. Clothes and makeup were like everywhere, hair, oh my gosh. And so she wanted to have some friends over. We said, you had to clean your bathroom. She said, okay. She went in and cleaned her bathroom and did a great job. But I can be a little sarcastic. So I walked into the bathroom, I'm like, wow, I've never seen your floor before. I'm, I didn't even know what color your counter was. And she snapped right back at me and said, wow, Dad, your home office, I've never seen your countertop of your office before with all the papers you have everywhere. And we both turned around and ended up mad, you know? And I read, I'm like, man, that was so stupid of me. So I went over and I'm like, you know what? I am so sorry. I should have just told you, great job at cleaning your bathroom. I shouldn't have been sarcastic. And she apologized too. And it was a great moment. And so we have to apologize and forgive and have grace for our kids. And I think that is a way of affirming them. I really do. And so we have to do this, and we could do this in all relationships, right? Not just as parents. We can apologize, and we can repair, and we can do all those things with our friends and family. And so this is the truth right here. Proverbs, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy to the body. And so this is very humbling because our words matter. Like they have power, but we need to be tenderhearted. We need to be kind. 
We need to realize that we, have, we can speak good, nice, soft, kind, caring things to our kids that come out of our mouths. And that we, you know, parenting is not just giving kids a list of do's and don'ts. You know, it's way more than that. It's not just discipline. That's important, like we talked about last week. But we have to actually just pour love and affirmation all over our kids because that's going to shape who they're going to be in the future. In fact, Deuteronomy, it says that there are that people that we are all God's treasure. And the Lord has declared today that you are people for his treasured possession. And so our kids are not only treasures to us, but they're treasures to God. You know, we have to remind them of that. And affirmation reminds our kids that they have value, that they matter. You know, it gives them confidence. And when they have confidence, they have identity. And we have this powerful, godly, spiritual identity in our home. It makes them more resilient. It makes them more confident people as they get older. They learn how to honor God. They learn how to stand up to themselves. You know, that verse is great. When we train up a child in the way of the Lord, they will not depart from it. This really highlights the importance that we have as parents, that we are so important to them in the direction of their life, in their spiritual life, and where they're going to go from there. And so we also want to make sure our kids know that, man, whatever they do, they can go out and they can change the world. Like that is giving them that much confidence that they can do that. This says this, children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. And so it says, man, when you have kids, it's like you're shooting these arrows. You're shooting these kids, but you've got to have the right aim. You've got to have the right purpose. You've got to have the right power behind that. This means it is our responsibility to love, adore, affirm our kids, to empower them to shoot off and go and change the world. It means that we are making our kids stronger. We're instilling confidence in them. We are saying you can be used by God. Like You can do anything in this world. You can change this world and make it a better place. They grow up. They get married. They do the same thing for their kids. And so we're passing this on from generation to generation to generation. And if we're affirming our kids growing up, they're going to do the same for theirs. And so all of these things are so great that what we can do, it's the power of our words. And I don't know what, how you guys grew up. I don't know what your home was like. I don't know what it looked like to grow up in where you were. Maybe you had, you know, parents that just freely gave affirmation and love and support to you all the time. Or maybe you didn't. You know, maybe you had parents that more put you down. Maybe you had parents that more tore you down. Maybe you knew deep down that they loved you, but maybe it was just kind of a cold home and they didn't say it very often or at all. Or maybe you grew up in a home that was more verbally abusive or even physically abusive. If that's you, you can attest like, man, I did not have that. And I know what it's like not to have it and how much more important it is to have that. And so you know what, some of you might be here still with wounds that you are still dealing with from how you grew up, and you just don't know how to do this. It doesn't come naturally to you. But you know what, we can learn how to do this. We can see our incredible, how God affirmed Jesus, how God affirms us, and we can learn how to affirm our kids. Whatever home that we came from, some of you might hear just be thinking, you know what, you don't know my kids. You don't know my son and daughter. I have a hard time just thinking of ways to affirm my kids at this point right now, you know? Um, and that's okay, too. I think there's always things that we can find to affirm our kids. And so this is great. It says, every kid, even the most challenging ones, need and deserve our affirmation. You know, I've got, my wife and I say, we've got this 
one kid that has all our great traits and this one kid that, man, she's rough. She's hard. She's hard to deal with. We love them both the same, but they're definitely different people. But we can do these. You can, I'm going to show you guys some practical things here that we can do as we finish up. So these are the three Bs. The first one, when we're talking about affirmation, it means be intentional. You know, it's like, if it doesn't come easy for you, if it's not natural for you, if you didn't grow up a family where you got it, you know what, this takes practice. You know, if you like just one day, you know, every day you just think of a nice thing to say to your kids, your kids are going to look at you like, what do you do, what's, you're, you're being weird. <laughs> like, you know, but the more you do it, the more natural it will become for you to, to say it and for them to hear it. And so that's being, uh, that's being intentional. And the next one is being authentic. And so being authentic just means being yourself, not being fake, being honest with your kids, really. It's like really finding those attributes that you love about them and being sincere. It's adding because to I love you. It's saying I love you because. And you're thinking of all these things you can say. You know, I love you because you're special to me. You're my only son. You're my only daughter. I love you because you're unique. I love you because of who you are. You know, you're not just saying I love you, but you're picking things and saying, this is what I love about you. And the next one is being unique. Every single one of our kids is unique. And we need to, like, point those uniqueness things out in our kids and say, you know what? You're very different from your sister. You're very different from your brother. But this is what I love about you and uniquely you. And so you're being less general and more unique. I, my daughter, like any 18-year-old daughter, has a hard time, like she has a hard time with her body image, right? The way she, she looks. And so almost every day I tell her how beautiful she is. And I do that because if I don't do that, some other creepy person's gonna do that, and I wanna be the one as a dad to say, you know what, you're beautiful. And she's starting to believe it because she comes home and she like, you know, she's like, Dad, look at all these outfits I got. Look at my silly socks. And it's almost like this fashion show. And I love it. It's great to have that relationship with my daughter. My son loves time. My daughter loves words. My son loves time. We go rock climbing all the time. I taught him how to rock climb when he was little. Now he takes me on these crazy adventures and these crazy hard climbs, and he's probably going to kill me. But, like, it's super fun to be able to spend time with my son. And this past summer... He's like, Dad, I don't know if I'm going to get any better at rock climbing. I'm like, you know what? You guys, I don't know if you know the ratings of rock climbing, but a five, anything like a 5'10 and above is like crazy good. And I said, you know what? By this fall, I bet you'll be climbing 5'11s. And you know what? He is. He's like totally way better than me and doing amazing. And he just needed those words to give him confidence and an affirmation that I was able to give him. So I want you to think about your kids. If you have kids, what is unique about them? And are you doing this? Are you affirming your kids? Are you giving them the time and energy and those words that they need? And so we have to be totally intentional about this. You know, you can team up with your spouse and keep each other accountable and talk about ways to do this, fun and creative ways to do this, whether you have kids or grandkids or whatever. And so if that's a little vague for you, I'm going to give you three more real fast. So these are the three T's. The first one is talking to your kids, whether it's just hanging out with them, whether it's, you know, basically praising them, affirming them, um, you know, whatever it is. Again, my kids are very different. My son loves to be sarcastic, and so, just like me, <laughs> and like he came one from the climbing gym one time, and he's like, Dad, gravity was really high today. Like, it was really heavy, and I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, did you check your other app to see how high gravity was today? And he's like, yeah, and we're like, hey, hey, uh, Suri, you know, how, how much gravity is in the weather today? And we're like, it's just stupid. Like, we just goof around with each other, but we're giving each other time, you know? My daughter, on the other hand, you know, she totally needs, if I ask my daughter a question, 
Like when she comes home, like, how was your day? How was school? How are your friends? She'll talk my ear off. And all I have to do is just sit there and listen, and it's great, you know? And so those are the di different things. So think about what uniquely you can talk with your kids. And then we have time. And so, and this isn't like watching, just watching TV together. This isn't sitting in the same room all on your separate phones. Like, that's not time together, right? It is intentionally spending time together, going doing fun things together, going and serving together, going doing and actually spending time talking to each other, having meals together. All those different things is when you are, you know, it could just be playing video games, you know, or having your kids teach you how to play a video game. You know, all those different things we can spend time. And the last one is touch. And so maybe it's a hug, maybe it's a high five, whatever your kids are comfortable with, wrestling with your boys, you know, tickling. I can still tickle my adult kids, and I still know where to get them in the right places. And like, Dad, you're the only one that knows how to do that. I'm like, I know. And so my daughter, like, went through this phase where she was like, don't touch me, don't touch me. I have a Father's Day card that says, Dad, you're the best dad in the world. I love you so much. Parentheses, don't touch me. And I'm like, what is this phase you're going through? But I was patient, and I waited, and I was, you know, courteous, and I was, you know, and then now she's just very affectionate, and she just gives hugs all the time, you know, and so touch really shows your kids how much you love them. So all that to say is that it is the most incredible thing to see how our words help our kids blossom and thrive to be able to see it in their face, their attitude, their confidence, all those different things. When you see, say something to your kids that just is so affirming to them and they listen and they believe it, they may not tell you, but they love it. You can see it in their eyes and their face. Like that is the best feeling in the world. Not only for you, but for your kids that hear it. When my son was in junior high, he was walking through the hall. Some kid got pushed. His papers went everywhere, this other kid. And everybody was just walking by, stepping on his papers, kicking things. And I heard from another kid that my son bent down, was the only one that bent down and helped this kid pick up his papers. And so when my son came home, not knowing I knew this, I'm like, Dylan, I need to talk to you about something that happened at school. And I said it in a way that he thought he was in trouble. And I'm like, hey, I heard that some kid dropped everything and you're the only one that stopped to kick, pick all those things up. And I'm like, that's awesome, dude. You have a good heart, good job. And then I turned around and walked out of the room. And his whole face, before I turned around, like lit up. Because at first he thought he was in trouble. Then he's like, oh, thanks. You know? And so we need to like surprisingly affirm our kids sometimes. And I think that's a great thing that we can do. So I don't know what kind of father you had. I don't know, you know, if you feel like, you know, you had a good relationship with your dad. And when we say God the father, you're his daughter, you're his son, how that feels to you. But just to let me tell you, man, God is the most loving, caring father in the world. I mean, God sacrificed his own son, Jesus, to be able to have a relationship with you. I, that, would, that sounds impossible for me to give him my own, only one son. But Jesus, but God did that, to have a relationship with you, to be able to come to the point where he says, you are my son, you are my daughter. And that's an incredible, incredible example to us. And I hope that we can be able to be that same way with our kids, to say, you know what? You are my only son. You are my only daughter. I care about you more than anything. And our kids are just going to blossom. They're going to thrive from that. And that's going to be an incredible thing. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a God of affirmation. God, that you gave us an example of this by doing it for your son. God, for us to follow. 
God, I thank you so much that you call us children. You call us our son and daughters. Like, we're that close to you. And I thank you for that, God. I pray that we are able to do this for our own kids, God, that we can affirm them, we can build them, we can put confidence in them, God. Lord, that even then we get tired and angry and grumpy, God, I pray that we still are able to get the strength up to say this is important and we're able to affirm our kids. Strengthen our relationship with our kids, no matter if they're young, little, teenagers, or adults, God. Strengthen our relationship with our kids by the way that we can affirm them and praise them and just give them the confidence that they need. In Jesus' name, amen.